Hey, I'm uh, Vic Coppin. So I am the founder of New Day Nutrition, and I'm also an online coach at Dan Mac Fitness. And today I'm going to be discussing debunking nutrition myths. Welcome to Pageantland, the UK's premier podcast for all things pageantry, with your host, Jessica Barkley. Here you'll find guest experts, past, present and future queens, plus my own personal insights into what it's like to follow your pageantry dreams. So whether you're hitting the stage for the first time, looking to up your game, or even after some inspiration to follow your own dreams, I hope you will find something here for you. I'll ask the questions you're too embarrassed to and get real about the highs and lows of pageantry. If you enjoy this episode, please give us a share on social and pop me a review on iTunes. Now strap on those heels and let's get into it because we have a lot to cover. Hello, hello, hello and welcome back to another episode. It is really, really funny that we are recording this episode today because um, if Vic had seen what I'd had for dinner, she (laughs) would be like... Wetting herself laughing, I think, would be more, more the key. Not kicking me in the face, because we believe in weird balance, and I definitely think we're going to get into that today. Um, as most of you that follow the podcast will know, I am a PT and personal trainer and, and lifestyle coach, and I do have some nutrition-based qualifications. However, Vic is a proper full nutritionist, um, and I'm also very clear when I talk to people about anything to nutrition that I do not have a full nutrition qualification. The, the qualifications within the health and fitness industry are very broad spectrum and lots of things mean different things. Um, and I, I have like a sports nutrition qualification, but I disagreed with quite a lot of the things <laughs> I was taught on that course. Um, I found it very, very outdated in hindsight and actually it tends to not be the type of clients I work with. So I'm always like, I have a sports nutrition course uh, qualification, but I don't use it very often. Um, I don't like to use it. I don't think it was very good. Um, Whereas Vic is a full nutritionist. So um, we both come from a place of knowledge, but we come from different knowledge backgrounds. um, And I think that's a really important place to start. Um, I, I am a big believer in you are what you eat. Um, And I do worry a lot about some of the nutrition I see within the pageant industry. I think there's a lot of misguided. There's a lot of following social media trends um, that can be quite dangerous. Because when we talk about um, makeup, you just make a mess of your face. You just you just look a bit of a state um, or it doesn't work under stage lighting. When we talk about getting your dress wrong, you learn and next time you can do better. But if you are consistently following bad nutritional advice, it's detrimental to your health and it's much more significant. The same with exercise. It can be it can have long term implications when you make these mistakes. So for me, it was very, very important to start bringing some more topics like this to the podcast and I'm sure um, we won't get into everything today and Vic you will have to come back (laughs) and and have another conversation around this Um, so if you do get any questions that come up from the content today um, please do reach out um, and one we will then be able to answer the questions in in another episode But again, if you are in any way triggered by anything we talk about today, um, then please do reach out and I can make sure that I'm sending you the correct resources. And I will also try and pop some resources um, if any of this is triggering with related to um, eating eating disorders or disordered Mm. eating. 
um, if anything like that triggers them, please um, do reach out and also check the show notes and I will put some resources there for you as well. Um, but we're going to try and keep it fairly lighthearted today. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> try. Uh, tr- it's very hard to be lighthearted when it's topics you're super, super passionate on. Mm. Um, I think that's really tricky. And, and I think it's it's something that I have to actively try and like calm myself down on because I am so passionate about health and fitness that I'm like I need to not overwhelm people with my passion and don't want them to drown in it (laughs) it's easily done (laughs) very easily done um so I think we've we've both discussed before the issues with stuff that is shared on social media. But what for you is the biggest issue that we see with nutritional advice being shared on social media, um, particularly when it comes to people that aren't actually qualified? Mm, it's a it's a big question, but I'm going to try and I'm going to try and break it down for people. So I think I think just to kind of take it back to where like nutrition myths and misinformation it is all largely based on associations. So it's um, what we call like an N equals one hypothesis. So what that means in a real term is in the real world, that is somebody saying this worked for me. And I think that's probably one of the simultaneously misguided, but also trying to be helpful things that people put on social media So I tried this and it worked for me. I tried this because I was trying to achieve this and it worked for me. And that's not helped by the fact that there's actually a really huge, you know, multi, multi billion pound dieting company that use that as their tagline as well. Um, And I think it's just super important to remember that whilst there are some kind of scientific rules that dictate what canon doesn't work in you know the human in the human physiology um that actually you know once you take science out of the equation it's down to very individual things and what works for one person may be totally the wrong approach for somebody else you know somebody giving very specific quite dogmatic nutrition advice that is very polarizing it's one-sided um And somebody will read that and think, oh, my God, I need to stop everything I'm doing and do this because this person's done that and they've achieved this. And that's where I want to be as well. Um, So I think I think that's where the the real root of of the issue is. It's it's based on association and and vast amounts of just personal experience. Um, And, you know, we obviously we go on social media to share our experiences and there's nothing wrong with that. But where people are unqualified and then giving that information, they're not necessarily, they don't have the critical mind to be able to say, look, I did this, it worked for me because, and then to explain why it was a helpful method for them, it was a helpful tool for them. Um, It's quite often that somebody will just, you know, be so in some respects so so euphoric about something they've achieved they want to tell the world about it and I genuinely believe that in most cases this comes from a good place what I have an issue is with people saying this will work for you and oh you could buy my magic meal plan for 60 (laughs) dollars oh yeah Um, and and I I 
had this when I went on my health journey and lost all my weight. Um, I don't like sharing my before and after pictures very often. Mm. Um, I have shared them a couple of times, both on my work and my personal, just because I finally was, I was getting a bit annoyed with the fact that everyone was like, well, it's all right for you. You're just naturally skinny. You're naturally into fitness. And I'm like, heck no. I am naturally lazy bum on the sofa eating cake. That is my natural state. Um, But I didn't want to feel how I felt anymore. And I wanted to protect my health after my mum got sick it sort of made me think oh screw all this weight loss mm. like scary things like I was on slimming pills at 14 I did slim fast I did um slimming world I don't think I ever did weight watchers but um, all these different types of diets that I put myself on like with zero knowledge and this was before I even had like the internet to tap into and get all the misinformation from mm. like I remember putting myself on a diet of my lunch was white bread and like the cheapest of the cheapest white bread um cheapest of the cheap spread like flora I think I was really into flora spread actually for a while as well so cheap white bread with flora spread and iceberg lettuce and Mm. I thought I was the healthiest thing around that I was going to eat this and I was going to become super stick thin like all my friends at school were and I was miraculously going to become blonde as well for some reason because like all my skinny friends were blonde um (laughs) which I found really irritating it took me a long time to appreciate my hair color for what it was and a lot of pots of bleach um and that was without like the misinformation so I'd made all those bad mistakes and I actually wanted to say look no I haven't always been like this I have done the journey so I did I have shared it a few times but what I'm very clear about in the comments is that actually the mental journey was much more significant um but when I have was doing it and people that knew me face to face they'd be like oh you've gone gluten-free um I'm gonna go gluten-free and then I'll lose all the weight but there's a lot of processed junk, gluten-free foods. Like you can be a junk food, gluten-free. You can be a junk food, this junk. You can be a junk food, anything. You can eat poorly in any kind of parameters. And I was like, well, yeah, but also I went gluten-free because I found out I had an intolerance. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, and part of going gluten-free naturally reduced the amount of processed carbs I was eating because I didn't want to eat the, the, the processed fake gluten where they've taken the gluten out of something where gluten should be. Yeah. Um, I didn't want to eat all of that. Um, and naturally, I was then reducing my carb intake. And it turned out I've got low insulin sensitivity as part of my PCOS. Um, so again, I said, oh, you've got low carb. I'll go low carb and then, I- then I'll lose all the weight. And I was like, it doesn't work like that. Um, I've done what I've done because of who I am and, and issues with my body. And I've got hormone imbalances because of my PCOS and stuff like that. It's not necessarily going to translate. And that's where I got really into and decided to get my fitness qualifications and start understanding that side a bit more and that's the thing is I think it is quite nice to have had a a journey a health journey so that you can kind of understand that side of it but you need to be able to back it up with the science yeah yeah that that's exactly it and you know it's again you know you had this experience you cut a few things out of your out of your diet and that is the risk with people saying, oh, I just cut out this. I just cut out that. I just, cut, you know, for weight loss, all that people are doing is essentially cutting out a whole group of calories. So, you know, you you totally hit the nail on the head, you know, with, with people that typically people, when they say they cut out gluten, in your case, it's obviously not it's a very specific intolerance, but most people, when they say they're talking about cutting out gluten is actually what, what they end up cutting out is high palatability very high calorie foods you know what quote unquote junk foods essentially in a lot of cases so people cut out all of those things 
and then they will experience weight loss so that's just ultimately because it's a reduction in calories not because they've cut out the gluten um and actually you know some of those issues with food sensitivities are associated with foods that contain gluten but quite often for people it's not the gluten it's other things in them so something like bread for example some things that can be an irritant for for some and again it's very individual and it's not to say go just cut this out but you know it's the fructans in 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 the bread and not actually the gluten so again all of these things need a kind of lots of personal overlay but i think that does tend to happen where people will share a very personal experience and unfortunately like you said in your case you're 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 kind of providing the the context and the and the whys and the wherefores not just look at my sort of my transformation it's actually what my journey consisted of and why that why that yes I did this and it worked for me and I did this and worked for me but this is why it worked for me um and I think there is like um I think it's interesting because some of the things you mentioned they obviously like some of them have been kind of like health trends but something that I'm I'm super passionate about educating people on is actually that you know weight loss and diet fads go back very far in our history um and you know from it's kind of a bit shocking really that we're still where we are in in some respects we're much more civilized um in our in our knowledge of the human body and human psychology and what you know what kind of methods might work for right people but you know back in the 19th century people were taking arsenic for weight loss <laughs> you know believing it was going to speed up their metabolism and you know actually it just created a, a, a huge ton of problems and killed a lot of people as well um and you know thankfully we've we've moved somewhat on from that but it you know this need to kind of attach to a particular way of doing things or um almost like a kind of in some cases for some people like a desperate want to believe in something you know people use tapeworms in the 19th century and it was this belief that you know you ingested them and then you took this tablet that you know basically it went in and kind of took things out of your ate things out of your intestine sorry if anybody's listening to this eating this Um, and then you took a tablet but again it just it just created all these gastrointestinal problems for people and it's just been so many things over the years chewing and spitting out um there was a guy who's kind of famous he was known as um let me just get my mouth around these words properly the great masticator (laughs) which so he was known for like and some of actually what he talked about is, is stuff that still stands true now chewing your food properly like that is still a really good piece of advice to give to give people around you know eating habits but he had this thing about spitting things out you know kind of chew it down and that created problems for people because the bit that he was spitting out was like the kind of fibrous the the husk and that's the stuff that helps with the digestive system so people weren't having that so again people ended up having all these horrific digestive problems so you know as you move through this kind of timeline of history there's just all of these like efforts to create the next big thing and what science discovered a long time ago is there is no kind of magical thing there is no real way of augmenting it other than coming back to energy balance and understanding understanding the energy or the calories that your body's using and you know adjusting those up or down to meet your specific goals so I think there's just been so many 
things that have come in to overcomplicate and typically they're things that are used to market an idea or a product um and that's again that's what's been probably more problematic in in you know the 20th and 21st centuries is is people trying to it's kind of snake oil salesman really you know trying to sell products and ideas question is like all these products that it's often um and sorry everyone knows i don't like the term influencer but that you often get these we're all influencers i influence my kid every day Uh, that's what i say (laughs) um but the the quote unquote influencers um selling these products because quite often they're not actually using them themselves they are these snake oils and i saw a lady the other day on my facebook and she's like oh look now i've got my before and after pictures who else wants to buy a bottle and she's like i did these like four shots of this thing a day as well as and then you look at the thing all the other things that she did she (laughs) she moved 30 minutes every day and increased her water intake and i'm like dude just do those two things everything else that she'd listed was was basically snake oil was things that mm. she didn't need to be doing all she had to do was it, that 30 minutes a day of movement and wa- just the water intake alone could have got her the results of the before and after pictures it could yeah. have easily just been water weight that she just dropped because she'd increased her water um and i was like you don't need to be whatever that thing is that looks like cough syrup and it was in like a little cough syrup type little cup thing Reminds me of like my daughter's Sambacol. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you're drinking, I don't know what it is you're drinking, but dude, uh, you don't need to. The two free things on your list, water and movement, that would have done, that would have got you that before and after. Um, and I say this is someone that tried all those things. Yeah. Skinny teas, skinny teas and skinny coffees. Can we just, just say, they're oh. laxatives. They're laxatives. <laughs> they'll just make you go to the toilet very rapidly (laughs) and they don't even taste nice I think I could I think I could understand it a bit more I did I did try one once because a PT that I worked with a very long time ago a PT I mean that's worrying in itself troublesome um that you know she was like I'm doing this like 14 day tea tox thing and I and I did I out of curiosity not because I I wanted to to use them to with the same goals in mind but I was just curious I was like what what do they actually taste like she was like oh you can have one (laughs) I was like this is rank (laughs) let's just let's just accept that you can have a normal tea and that's fine (laughs) I I um I had booty I had booty a couple of times actually and I really did like the um was it the nighttime or the, the morning one it was the nighttime so that you had the morning one every day for 14 days and you had right. the night one every other night and it was the nighttime one that was the laxative but I really liked the morning one and you could buy them separately and um, and it was an overpriced way of buying a nice tea but it was literally just a herb tea but I just happened to really like it and and so when it was on offer I'd, I'd just get the morning one because it was just a nice herbal tea um, and I've, <laughs> and I've gone I went off it, I found a really nice peppermint one that I then liked, but it literally is just laxatives. And I think um, like bodybuilder, fitness comp type people have used those techniques before. And I think that's where a lot of these, um, not a lot of them, but quite a few of these things come from is extremes of, yeah. of aesthetic quote unquote fitness. 
and and then they've marketed it into like a sexy product and i don't mean sexy as in it wears high heels and lipsticks and struts around wiggling its butt um but and a sexy product is something that sounds like a quick fix that seems really really appealing it's really easy to market mm. and it's we love a fast fix don't we we want everything now we want the perfect body now we don't want to actually do the work for it and when I say the work for it, quite a lot of that is learning about your body and like what your body needs, um, as opposed to just like running on treadmill work for it. Um, mm. But they've, yeah, they've packaged them up in these pretty shiny boxes and they've got some naturally super skinny influencer who's never even tried the product taking pictures online. And then you've got all these poor youngsters that and I dread to think what would have happened to me if I'd grown up in the the way things are oh, now like yeah, I, had, I had disordered eating um I wouldn't go as far as say I had eating disorders but I definitely grazed quite a few of them um and it still didn't I still didn't look the way I wanted to look as well irony of ironies but I definitely had disordered eating and I had to work very hard to get out of those habits um and use quite a lot of strategies to get out of those habits um so i I'm really glad that I am not going through that now with what's available online. I think it would be 10 times worse and I would be 10 times poorer. Um. I think as well, like the, the part of the thing for me that's very problematic about these types of products is, you know, yes, if you, if you Google certain things, they're going to come up in your Google search, but people who are going into places where you would trust. So, you know, we're talking about, Holland and Barrett's you know you go into Boots you know they've they've they have a place where you feel like this is a well-established company that that knows that's got my health in its hands so it it's going to be taking my health seriously um and the fact that they still sell you know I mean Holland and Barrett's still selling like booty tea detox teas you know all kinds of other products that have got no no evidence and no efficacy and then boots where you're going you know when you go in boots it you're going typically to solve a specific problem right so you're going because you need some plasters because maybe you've got a cut you're going because you need some medication so you're going to use the pharmacy you know you're going because you think what is in here that's going to potentially help me lose weight and then you've got a stack of stuff on the shelves that is you know all of these pills and potions that exactly to your earlier point if you actually look at all the fine print they'll all say in conjunction with calorie control diet no <laughs> no wonder no sorry that's the thing in that tiny print that's going to make the difference <laughs> not the actual pill and the price of some of them as well it just you know I'm the same as you I get super passionate and I can talk about it till the cows come home and I'll try not to go off on tangents but I this is important to me that people are are relying on you know these big names to to take care of them to give them the best possible advice and in my mind they have a duty of care to be doing better than that um so yeah it's, it's problematic that you, you're one google away and one you know click buy away from on something like amazon but it, you know in a kind of bricks and mortar setting um yeah that's that's very that's very problematic and families go into those stores you know like what are kids being exposed to and wondering what that's or what's that what's that on the shelf well that's interesting it's about weight loss so Mm. oh my heart broke the other day and oh I I, 
so much of me wish I'd said something, but it also wasn't my place. And I didn't know the full parameters of the response of the parent to be able to comment. But basically I was in the queue in boots and there was pre-made slim fast shakes on a shelf at child height and child mm. eye And for me, I just, I don't agree with them anyway anymore. And, and I think at the better at worst they should be behind the counter like the smoking the cigarettes are but this kid she couldn't have been more than 10 at absolute most so somewhere between seven and ten i'd say um and she was trying to pick one up and her mum like like kids do they just pick something up and and the mum was like no no put that back why do you want that and she's like because oh, i don't want to be fat mm. there was nothing about this child that was fat there was nothing she wasn't like she didn't look malnourished she did, but she did not in any way look even the remotest bit plumped or bloated or anything. Like yeah. she was, she was, she was, I'd say she was skinny, but not, not like in an ill way when, when you say skinny, didn't look like anorexic or anything like that, but she was definitely very, very lean. Um, and my heart just broke and the mum was just like, no, just put it back in the, in the way that if you picked up a toy. Um, and I was like, my heart bled because I, although never said things like that to my mum, to my knowledge, I definitely had that feeling and looking at those kind of products. But then my mum was looking at those kind of products and buying those kind of products because she didn't want to be fat either. Um, and I was just like, what? That could have been the most amazing teaching opportunity. And like I said, I, I don't know the parameters. I don't know how stressed the mum was or how much the mum had been through this with the kids. And maybe they were seeing a therapist for an eating disorder like so it just so there are so yeah. many things that that could have been different in that situation but I just I wanted to kneel down and have a chat with that girl and said why why did, are you worried about being fat it's like where's this word why is this word even in your vocabulary at this age like it just shouldn't be oh for just a child under 10 I'm pretty sure she was she could not have been over 10 but a child under 10 to thinking that she needed a pre-made slim fast shake because she didn't want to be fat was heartbreaking. Mm. It just spoke volumes about the world that we are, like our kids and, and, and youngsters and stuff are growing up in, but also still adults. Yeah. 30, 40, 50, 60 year olds. I still hear saying similar things and in sim similar remits. And I'm like, your poor body, like, I feel so bad for my body of what I put it through. Like, I've, I'd probably, <laughs> I still have some guilt there to let go of, and I'm doing my best to look after it now. Um, but our bodies need nutrients. Like, we need thing, food to function. So that's going to be my next question for, for you. Can you explain a little bit about why, why we actually need food to survive? another huge one um so i think this is a really interesting point because i think people have this idea and again i'm not really sure where this comes from but people have this idea that you won't <laughs> that most of the calories you consume or the energy you consume is like to do with how much how active you are and how much you exercise um, and actually what people don't appreciate that is of your total energy needs. So the total amount of energy or calories that your body needs to get through a day, you know, 70% of that, the vast majority is just your body existing. It's what I call coma calories. It's what your body would use if you were lay 
doing absolutely nothing. And I think this is a really important point because I think we get really caught up in like, oh, well, I, I shouldn't eat that because I haven't, I haven't exercised. Oh, I'm not going to have that because I didn't go out for that run. And actually, like, your exercise calories are such a tiny, tiny piece of, of the equation. And of course, you know, that then that leads on to the argument if you're training, you need to make sure that you're fueled properly because your body's relying on that, that, that food to create energy from. But let's just go back to the fact that your body still needs and still deserves that energy, that food, even when you're doing absolutely nothing. Um, and I really, I've, you know, I've had these conversations with so many clients where they've been like, oh, well, I'm not training on that day. So shouldn't I just eat less? Well, probably not, because then when you go to train tomorrow, you're not going to have all the energy <laughs> to go and train effectively tomorrow. So we don't want to start robbing, robbing from one day and then yeah. create the problem on another. Um, but, you know, we, we eat we eat food, we don't eat nutrients, we eat food. But then when we eat those foods, you know, our body uses and pulls all the different nutrients from it. And this is why it's boring as hell. But this is why we just always as nutritionists, as dietitians, your GP, you know, probably people's parents growing up said, you know, you need a varied and balanced diet. And there's a reason for that. Because we do just need such a big variety of nutrients to support all of our body's functioning and that that applies if you're doing nothing you know just the very simple act your bod body does every day of pumping blood around it keeping you know keeping your heart going breathing um just you know minuscule movements and things that are going on in your systems your digestive system all, all at work you know it all needs stuff in it and, you know, obviously then when you're talking about training and exercise, you know, then you start to get into slightly more niche needs. So everybody needs an adequate amount of protein. Somebody who's trying to actively build muscle would probably benefit from having a slightly higher level of protein. Um, and, you know, somebody that's going to enter an endurance race is probably going to need quite a few more carbohydrates than the rest of us, but the rest of us still need our carbohydrates. It doesn't mean that carbohydrates are just exclusively for people that exercise. And it doesn't mean that protein is just exclusively for bodybuilders. So we have to just kind of get comfortable with this idea that, you know, we do need a bit of everything. And I get, I actually get really annoyed when I hear people saying, oh, carbohydrates aren't essential. In, in the scheme of things, in scientific terms, carbohydrates are seen to be a non-essential macronutrient. So you've got proteins, carbs, and fats are your main macronutrients. And you've got alcohol which is kind of strange outlier but people will say carbs aren't carbs aren't really essential you'll get people that are very into like a ketogenic diet will say we don't need carbs but actually most of it you know um, glucose is our body's preferred um, fuel source and the quickest way to make it is through carbohydrates so if you cut a bunch of carbs out you're going to probably feel really lousy um, it's going to take your body time to adapt to that. And the other thing with carbohydrates is we get our fiber from carbohydrates. So that's super important for our digestive health. So it is really boring. But if you start just thinking about how, where you can get, you know, proteins from, where you can get fats from, having a variety of different fats. And this is where obviously we're starting to get super nuanced. But it is just for most people just eat a very varied balanced diet you're going to get all the key macronutrients you need 
to you know help your body function and you're going to get all the key micronutrients all the vitamins and minerals that you need for your to support your body in doing all of those all of those little things and it's just it's astonishingly simple and i don't know where this notion came from that we need all these like extra pills and things well i do know where it came from it came from people that realized that they could make a lot of <laughs> yes money, money. <laughs> Um, and it's a scheme it's a scam it's a scam scam that's trying to get you to part with lots and lots of money uh, while damaging your physical and mental health (laughs) basically yeah and when you put it like that you think how have we got into this how we got into this place but you know they're, they're big companies they're you know I'm a marketeer my background is a marketeer so like I'm like the perfect hybrid of like somebody who can think like a marketeer and somebody who can think like a nutritionist. And that means I'm super skeptical about anything from the off. I'm like, well, well that's clever language, isn't it? Oh, helps to do this, supports to do this. And if you start reading labels on things, particularly around health product, health products, where it's saying like it helps to do this or it may do this or could improve this, it, it be critical about these things and think, why isn't it saying it can absolutely do these things? Probably because there's no roots. Instead of dissecting poetry from some obscure person no one's ever heard of and is never going to read again, maybe do one, right, today we'll dissect a poem. Tomorrow we're going to dissect food labels and understand the language used. Like that would be a much better yeah. use the English GCSE, like le- learning how to actually understand the words that are being used to basically brainwash and manipulate us into parting with money and our health. <laughs> I'm here. I'm here for that. And I think actually there's a good crossover there in terms of that English language bit, then into the science, like, okay, what is this thing? What is the, What are the mechanisms, the biological, physiological mechanisms of this product saying it's going to do? Um, you know, is that, is that correct? Or is that flawed from the outset? And then even some maths as well, you know, people over overdose on things like vitamin c because they just think more is better but there's only so much our bodies can absorb you know stick to the stick to the trying to get the you know the um the the minimum level which is about 40 milligrams of vitamin c a day and you can get that through like so so easily just through even the smallest portions of vegetables although definitely eat more um and all these kind of super like mega thousand milligram doses what's happening is you're just peeing most of it out so there's like some maths there as well oh it's saying it's seven thousand times more than the nra and you're like but you don't need those seven thousand times more your body's not going to use them it's just very expensive we <laughs> and you can't sell it unfortunately you can't bottle it up and sell it on and um, no. the last thing i kind of want to touch on although as always, all my other questions, they've all been quite big, um, is just to look at like the extreme side of things. Because I I think with, with particularly with some of the images and stuff we see on social media, um, we start seeing an image of what we think is a fit and healthy person. And actually, it's quite often an extreme and it's not a state of health. Um, and I am very much against health at any size as a phrase. I do not believe in it. What I do believe in is unhealthy at any size. I think you can be unhealthy at any size. I don't mm. think you can be healthy at any size because extremely low body fat percentages that are, are very detrimental. Um, like women um, that compete in some of these bikini comps um, 
for a lot of women, the body fat percentage needed to get six pack abs through um, can stop your period. And mm. having a period, once you've hit a certain age and between a certain age, having a period is is healthy. Like it's yeah. healthy. I I have massive fluctuations in my period because of PCOS, because my hormone imbalance isn't healthy. And therefore I, I, I will lose my period certain months um, because of it. And it's a sign that there's something wrong. And mm. I know what's wrong. I know it's PCOS for me. Um, but for a lot of people, that could be that they've gone too low. Same thing can happen when you go too high. Like our bodies aren't designed to be obese. Mm. And so I'm, I, I really struggle with the health at any size. I, I believe in, in self-love and body positivity at any size. And obviously there's, there's two whole different sides to the body positivity movement because I don't know completely, but, um, and excuse me if I'm misspeaking, but it was actually more related to, I think it started off more as a race concept oh, okay so do do uh, those of you listening do have a look into it I, I did read up on it ages ago and I literally know that I know but I've forgotten the details and I need to research it again um but there was the first body positivity movement was not what we think of in this day and age as the body positivity movement it started as something completely different and I believe in body positivity um from both movements, both the original movement and the current movement of you should be positive about your body at any size. I believe you should love yourself at any size, but health at any size for me is not scientifically supported. And I think it's a very detrimental message to the health of the world. Um, but I just wondered what your thoughts were on those, those kind of phrases and those kind of extremes um, that are portrayed as health, but really aren't. I think, yeah, this is this is an interesting one. There's been a lot of debate about this recently, but I think just just thinking about that statement on its own health at any size, it you know, there's very few things that you can say about health or nutrition that you can say as a statement of fact. There's very there's a few key scientific principles to things, but other than that there's so many gray areas and so much individualization and so many nuances and that to me that's kind of no different and you're you're right in in one respect by trying to trying to embrace and celebrate the idea that you know you can be carrying a bit more body fat and still be healthy which lots of people are but actually that then encompasses the the notion that you can you could have very low body fat percentages because you're saying health at any size um, but let's also remember, like health is about more than just nutrition and, and, and your body. You know, we've got our mental health, our emotional health, financial. There's so many facets of, of health that obviously that doesn't encompass. And, you know, just just gives that context that health is about so much more than what's just going on with our, our physical state. Um, but and, and it's very subjective. Right. What is what is healthy? Um, you know, most people would say it's probably living in a relatively disease free state but you know you can live you can you can move forward with the the healthiest behaviors and attitudes in life and it doesn't guarantee that you're going to be completely disease free what you do what you are taking care of is some lifestyle factors that are associated very heavily with particular disease states but i think yeah but i think where it's problematic is and I hadn't ever really considered that end of the spectrum in terms of celebrating, you know, very, very, very lean bodies. And, you know, that is 
problematic. I mean, I've been there, I competed. And you, you know, there was a kind of time during my prep where I was still on relatively high calories, um, still chipping away at the body fat, eating actually extremely well, eating still relatively flexibly. And probably that was probably the best time where I felt at my best. I was very focused. Um, You know, my cognitive function was like really in check. My digestive system was like on fire. It was just great. Everything was just like bink, bink, bink. My sleep was perfect. And I was in a really good state in like that first few weeks because we weren't doing anything that extreme. It was just like focus down, make sure you're eating enough protein, plenty of fruit and veg, um, you know, get those carbs in. And I was just in this like almost state of euphoria for a few weeks of going, this is amazing. This is the best I've ever felt. And then as that body fat starts to chip away and chip away, um, you know, it, <laughs> it's, it's not a great place to be. You know, when I was at my leanest, I don't know what body fat percentage was. I think, by the way, both um, body fat percentages are very difficult to get right unless you invest in very, very expensive technology. So please don't get caught up on what, particularly what those scales say. They're using technology that doesn't actually can't predict how much body fat you've got. Um, and actually, what does it matter? <laughs> is the other thing. Um, but when I did get down to kind of quite low levels of, of body fat, like I could pinch a little bit of, you know, my stomach and I was just literally lifting skin away. That's that's what we're talking about. And I did not. You don't feel good. You don't feel good there. You know, your digestive system started to kind of grind to a halt because you're not really eating enough food for your body to be, you know, functioning and digesting things properly. Um, my cognitive function. I'm not a kind of clumsy person. I'm very sort of proud to say oh I'm one of those people I don't drop things I mean I was dropping stuff like on the daily I dropped a whole jar of pickled onions it went everywhere it stank the kitchen (laughs) and I was like wow that was really big for me that was a really big moment where I thought gosh like this is not a good place to be and it's all of those things that people think you know okay that person looks great look you can see their abs there's so much more that lies beneath the surface and I think we just again we just have to remember how completely individual is and we can't we cannot deny that you know high levels of obesity are very strongly associated with things like metabolic syndrome which is a kind of cluster of conditions and cardiovascular disease type 2 diabetes that you know they're described as comorbidities you know things that could ultimately lead to perhaps somebody dying sooner than that dying sooner than they they might otherwise and we can't deny that but I think there is always going to be a sweet spot for people where you know it's not about being super ripped and it's and it is probably about just being in a kind of more comfortable state but again health is always going to be so individual and nutrition obviously plays a really key role in that but there are there are so many other behaviors that I think we can't just afford to just focus on just thinking about what we're eating. And, you know, we do have to be mindful of the other things we're doing, how much we're drinking. Are we smoking? Are we exercising? Um, You know, what's our sleep like? How are we managing our stress? Because all of those things taken to any extremes can, can mean that we don't end up in a, in a very healthy state of body or of mind. So I think, yeah, I think it's a, it's a difficult 
statement to kind of unpack it probably needs its own podcast <laughs> yeah, be wary i think to like and to simplify it down is be wary of of extremes in um, be wary of extremes be wary of blanket statements yeah be wary of sexy packaging selling you quick fixes yeah be of social media influencers that don't have um the qualifications to back it up but also be wary of even those with some of the qualifications um because sometimes you have qualifications in certain areas and you use it as a blanket statement to know ev- everything within health and fitness and yeah. um, i see this a lot with pts that they're, they're um <laughs> It sounds really rude, but um, this what is the term? What I refer to as the Bobby Basic PT. They've <laughs> just done the level three. They don't continue to grow and educate themselves, um, but they've got their Bobby Basic PT qualification. And I tell no lies, some of the PT qualifications are shockingly appalling um, mm. in the UK. Um, but they've got that, and then suddenly they're writing people food plans. And you should not be giving people food plans on a PT qualification. Um, You're not covered, you're not insured. Um, And there is, I see the same thing. um, And this probably leads to a whole podcast with um, on, on, on the fitness side of this as well um, with people doing fitness programs with no qualifications, you should be qualified and insured if you are going to be putting out a fitness program. Um, because there are so many health and fi- health and safety parameters that need to be factored into that. Um, and unfortunately, I do see this happening um, a lot within pageantry um, and people that, and also when it's people that are like they're naturally skinny. I see a lot of naturally skinny influencers um, and it's really hard because I want people to love their body and embrace their body and be happy in the body that they're in. But I also think it's quite dangerous to be. Um, naturally slim and then trying to use that naturalness that's not a word but you know what I mean using that naturalness to then try and sell a program that you're not qualified or insured to write and do and also not be honest with the fact that you are naturally slim like you you're selling it to a, a someone who naturally holds loads of extra weight or some has um obviously there's a whole debate in whether they naturally hold extra weight or not but someone that's really struggled with their weight all their lives thinking that they're going to do your program um, and look like you yeah you were always naturally slim like it is it's uh, you need to be so so careful with where you're getting your information from and particularly when you're parting with money for for it um there is I, I I mean I talked to this one I this is part of why I don't like the term influencer because I think there should be a duty of care um mm. when you are promoting things online um and there's just not the accountability for when that there isn't that duty of care. No, I, I agree. And I think, I think we've taken some good steps forward with this. Um, I think, I think there's been a lot of awareness raising definitely not enough, but there's been some, and even if that, what is happening is reaching a small handful of people that it is making them question. I mean, there was a, there was a documentary, wasn't there on BBC where they created a, um, a product and they you know they just the the tv producers actually just they just magic to this product out of nowhere i mean actually let's just use that as an opportunity to remind people that the supplements industry is very poorly regulated you can basically almost create anything in your kitchen stick it in a packet and put it on a shelf um 
they created something and they had all these ingredients lists and they had all these like deadly um, chemicals on, not all chemicals are deadly, but you know, the doses and poisons in the dose, but they, they actually deliberately pulled out, you know, very toxic chemicals and put them in the ingredients list and then screened these influencers as if they were going to actually promote it. And, you know, it was all filmed undercover. It's, I don't know if it's still on iPlayer. It's definitely one worth, worth looking up. And, you know, they essentially framed these influencers for how, how, how they weren't actually using it and how they, for enough money, they will basically tell people whatever they're told to tell them. So I think, I think it's getting used to being a bit more skeptical. If something sounds too good to be true, it probably is, um, you know, trying to think a bit more critically. I think the more we can do where actually we kind of take ourselves out of our own body and think, what would you tell, if that was your friend, what would you tell your friend? You know, a bit like that little girl in, in, in boots and, you know, you almost want to like, you almost want to kind of transpose yourself into somebody else's body and just say, what would I tell this other person? Um, you know, it's, it's kind of trying to remove your own personal bias in a moment and think if that was a friend that was saying, I'm going to try that product, like, what would what, you'd probably say they were a bit nuts. <laughs> like, what do you know about this? And how do you know it works? But for, for some reason, when we come to making these decisions on our own, we just abandon all of those same thought processes so I think yeah just be be skeptical ask questions as well don't be afraid to ask if you've if one of your favorite influencers is like promoting something ask them for like you know what is there research that backs this up and like listen intently to an answer (laughs) um don't be afraid to question and question and question that is a brilliant way a brilliant way to end um it's just made me think there are a couple of other episodes where we've touched on this that um if you are fairly new to the podcast you want might want to go back and hear because i think most of them were in season one um we had uh, a body confidence on and off stage conversation with kaylee atkinson which is awesome um there was a bonus episode about body stats and body tracking. And I do touch on like that, in, that thing about um, body fat percentages and that it's really, really tricky to track. And I did that episode because at the time I was sharing uh, my body stat journey and I wanted to go deeper into why I was tracking certain stats and whether or not you should be. Um, because for some people it can be, a helpful way of staying healthy and some people can mm. end up going down the rabbit hole and it can become very very detrimental to mental and physical health um so that's quite a good one to check out before you you look at any kind of stat um measurements and things and all the different ways of doing that like whether it's taking a picture every week or whether it's you're you feel like you're stepping on the scales a bit too much and getting a bit too obsessed with the numbers is it can be helpful but it needs to be within certain parameters. And I usually don't recommend like tracking stats unless you're doing it with the support of a professional that can guide you on the journey. It can get, um, it can get a bit dark a bit quickly um, yeah. stat following. So um, there is a, a bonus episode um, from way back when, I think, I think that was a season one, one as well, um, that's worth checking out. Um, and there is also an episode on, on how to find um, and find a suitable personal trainer um, that we did with Charles Streeter. So that's another one to go back and check. But I do want to do some more um, 
some more fitness ones um, over the coming months. Yeah, there was one on um, should all pageant contestants work out? Um, so we have touched on a few different topics. So if this has sparked more thoughts and you want more information right now, um, then there's a good whole host of episodes you can scroll back through on the podcast um, and check out the information around those. And like I said, we will be doing some more on these kind of topics too. Um, but Vic, where can we find you on social media, particularly if people want to now work with you? Because I... If physically, if financially possible, working one-on-one with a coach, I would highly, highly recommend whether it's fitness or food you need help with. Um, but where can we find you? Oh, thank you. Well, I'm over on Instagram is probably the best place to grab me because I spend quite a lot of time there chatting with people. So you can find me at Nutrition with Vic, and that's with V-I-C. Um, come over. I mean, if you've got any questions that sparked anything, I'm really happy to to field questions. So so please come and please come and chat. And I am very, very lucky to have uh, Vic speaking in my club on Clubhouse fairly often, but predominantly in the Fitness Power Hour, which is Wednesdays, 10.45. She also pops up in the Morning Motivation Room. Um, so if you want the link through to that club as well, I'll pop that in the show notes for this. But if you actually, it's not one I think I've mentioned on the podcast before, but my work Instagram, which is at the lifestyle coach uk the link in the bio for that usually links through to either the clubhouse club or one of the rooms and things as well but i'll make sure the links for that and um, if you found any of this triggering then there will be some supportive links in the show notes but please just reach out directly if you've got any questions um so that i can either help answer them or direct you to the right person or direct you to vic and vic's um instagram and things will also be in the show notes Have an amazing day, everyone, and I shall see you soon. Thank you for joining me today. I value and appreciate your time so much. It's wonderful you've given some of it to this episode. Please rock on over to our Facebook or Instagram and share your thoughts. And I would love you to give this episode a share while you're there. For any specific links, check the show notes or rock on over to our website, pageantlandpodcast.com for more information about the podcast or how you can be a guest on a future episode. Have an amazing day. And remember, you sparkle your brightest when you're being yourself. See you soon.